Welcome to the Sages Among Us. Nevada County has a legacy of rich resources, including farm and timberland, sparkling rivers of water and gold, abundant beauty and recreation, and perhaps what might be the greatest treasure in any area, the people who devote countless energy and many, many hours towards making their community better for everyone. The Sages Among Us attempts to find out who these people are, why they generously provide so much service to the community, and how these efforts make a positive difference for all of us. I'm your host, Brian Buckley, and today we're going to get the personal story of a citizen leader who is deeply engaged in making our community a better place. Over the past months, national, state, and local public institutions have been working on making the transition from a COVID pandemic world to a COVID endemic world. That transition can be fraught with high stakes when it comes to schools and children. What's it like to be in the middle of this with the responsibility of ensuring the safety of everyone while creating a strong educational program for students? My guest tonight will give us an inside look at the current world of an educational leader. Melissa Conley is the superintendent of Penn Valley Union Elementary Student or Elementary School District, a position she assumed in 2021 after being in the district for 12 years, seven years as a teacher at Ready Spring School, and five years as the principal of Williams Ranch School. Originally from the Sacramento area, she earned her bachelor's degree at UC Irvine and began her teaching career in the San Juan Capistrano School District in Southern California. Melissa, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Thank you, Brian. I am so excited to be here this evening. Well, it's great to have you with us. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to get to know you over the last several years, and I'm really looking forward to the interview tonight. Let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, I know in the Sacramento area, but looking back in your growing up years or early adulthood, was there anything you've come to recognize as building a foundation for the life you have now? Oh, yes. Let me take a walk back in memory lane. Um, I do have fond memories growing up in the Sacramento area. I lived in Sacramento for about approximately 27 years um, before moving to South Orange County. With that being said, I did spend a lot of time with my family in Nevada County. My grandparents lived in Grass Valley, where I spent a lot of my summers um, and free time. I have wonderful memories tending um, to the goats and the rabbits and building forts and just playing outdoors for hours on end. Um, we spent evenings at the dinner table, most of the time eating pastas and talking about um, our stories and just sharing. Um, so these were truly great childhood memories. Um, so I always knew that I would end up back in Nevada County. And you did. I did. Yes. Well, um, you know, again, looking at that childhood or just the, the your life in the past, and again, in hindsight, was there any kind of a watershed event that significantly affected the direction your life has taken since then? I would, reflecting back, I would think one of the biggest changes in my life was when I had children. Um, I now have six children with a blended family, and I think when I had children and experienced their development and their transitions, um, it helped me uh, secure the fact that I wanted to get into education. I was home with my kiddos for about eight years and finished my credential at the end of those eight years. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, so you had uh, a great sort of practical education in education before you went into education. Absolutely, all as right. all parents know. <laughs> so were there uh, any mentors or influential people along the way that uh, helped you in make that transition into being an educator? Absolutely. Probably the most influential people in my life were my grandparents um, mm -hmm. as I was growing up and into my young adulthood. 
They were people that taught me perseverance and determination, and they were always kind and giving back to their community Mm -hmm. and very much um, were a big part of my life. But I also had a very memorable second grade teacher um, in elementary school. Uh, She inspired me to excel and I think truly transformed my um, educational experience. Um, I call her Mrs. K. She offered unconditional encouragement and support. Um, I was a very struggling reader when I was young. And um, back in those days, they had an early start and a late start group. And I was in the early start. And I soon got the impression that early start meant you weren't as good of a reader. So I begged Mrs. K for months, please, can I go to the late start group? Please, can I go to the late start group? And she continuously helped me, gave me the extra readers to practice at home. And then finally, finally, at the end of the school year, I think about a month before the year ended, she said, okay, Melissa or she called me Missy because that's what I was called back then, you get to progress to the late group. And I was like, yes, I did it. And that moment, I think, truly changed my um, educational path. From that moment on, I volunteered in her classroom until sixth grade. Um, She just truly inspired me, which made me want to inspire others. Great, great story about Mrs. K. Mrs. K. Yeah, okay. Have you had a chance? Did you ever have a chance to see her as an adult and... There was one time that I went back, um, and she was no longer there, oh, okay. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. But it's, uh, it's great. As you know, as a teacher, what a, what a great thing when somebody comes back and says you, you changed their life. Um, so you gave us a little indication of why you went into, into education, it, you, basically your, your own children. Um, what about school administration? What, what helped you make that transition from teacher to administrator? So I always obviously wanted to help, um, particularly children and students, um, to excel and maybe get that extra support that I received in elementary school. And I feel that administration is the best way to assist as many students as possible because as an educational leader, you can really um, drive uh, change and you can drive the mission and the uh, vision that you have to have and help students Mm -hmm. excel. I, I wonder uh, if also you weren't just invited. <laughs> you know, um, that could be. I feel like I was very lucky to um, end up in Penn Valley and beginning at Ready Spring School. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, there was a certain amount of recruitment, uh, wasn't there? D- definitely, absolutely, I think, um, definitely. Mm-hmm, great. Um, so you mentioned being in Penn Valley, and, and I know in your intro we mentioned that you were the principal at, uh, or a teacher at Ready Springs and the principal at Williams Ranch. Um, were there any other prior leadership positions you had other than, you know, the principalship at uh, Williams Ranch? Uh, well, at Ready Springs, yes, I held a position as a teacher um, in charge, uh-huh. which backed up the principal in their absence, uh, which allowed me to have some opportunity to have leadership roles mm-hmm. and work with our staff and our families and communities. Right, right. Uh, and so you did your teacher in charge uh, duties, and you still wanted to be an administrator. Absolutely. That <laughs> encouraged me even more. I realized what an impact um, a leader and administrator can have. Great, great. So um, I was going to ask you, did looking at those prior jobs, whether it's you know the, as the principalship or teacher in charge, was there anything that you learned from those experiences that you're taking with you into your current position as superintendent? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it was incredibly important and valuable to be a teacher first um, and an administrator, a principal, prior to going into the superintendent position. I think it really allows me to have a connection and understanding of the demands that are on our teachers now and that are on our principals. And I feel like having that connection and that understanding really helps build that um, relationship with mm -hmm. our staff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it does. You know, you, you mentioned you were coming to Nevada County as a child, but you did return as an adult. And uh, how did that story come about? So after some significant changes down in Southern California in the 2009 year, um, I just decided to move my family back to Nevada County, which was my home away from home. And I was fortunate enough to interview, like I said, at Ready Springs. They had an opening for a first and second grade combination teacher position, and I got it. And so from there, I started as a one-two, we call it combo, and then moved into kindergarten for several years, and then finally up into sixth grade, Okay, which was wonderful experience. They were, and they were all my favorite. And were you already with a blended family at that point with six different kids, or were you uh, with three at the time? Three or? at that time, okay. um, three, two girls and one boy, and then the blended family happened um, eight years ago this December. Okay. So how did the kids uh, respond to the move to Nevada County? Yeah, you know, with anything, a move is challenging, but how could you go wrong in Nevada County? As a matter of fact, the first winter that we were here, uh, we moved to Lake of the Pines, and so we had the golf course, and the first winter it snowed. I can't remember how much snow was there, but there was enough to take the snowboards onto the golf course, and the kids were snowboarding on the golf course, and they thought I would moved them to heaven. <laughs> I'll bet. I was bet. a hit. You're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking today with Melissa Conley, superintendent of Penn Valley Union Elementary School. As always, you're invited to join in the conversation. If you have a question or comment for Melissa, please give us a call at KVMR. That's 530-265-9555. Our engineer will take your call and relay your question to our guest. We'll take a short break and be back with more in just a few seconds. Among us. I'm Brian Buckley, and we're talking tonight with Melissa Conley, a Nevada County educator for the past 14 years, who is entering her second year as the superintendent in Penn Valley Union Elementary School District. You know, while there are some constants, education is an ever-changing landscape with new students and new families every year, changing leadership and mandates from the top, and evol an evolving societal context and expectation for schools. Now, you knew that going in, Melissa, but did you ever imagine a year like the past few have been? 
I can honestly say, um, first, that's an excellent question. And also, not in my wildest dreams would I ever anticipate any year like we experienced in the last few years. Uh, but we have an amazing community. We have amazing staff. Uh, we have amazing teachers and students. And they are by far superior. And they've showed true grit and perseverance through the years, especially with the challenge of the last year while returning to in-person mm-hmm. amongst COVID. Um, they are true heroes, true heroes. What were some of the, the specific things that you know, they had to do and accommodate for last year? What made last year so uniquely challenging? Last year was extremely challenging because of the increased number of uh, positive cases with um, adults and students and the fluidity of students going in and out of independent study and coming back into class. And our staff really um, rolled with it and performed very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just as an example, somebody would be there for a week and then be gone for the next three or two or three weeks, and that was just rolling. Constant. Uh, constantly. There was always somebody out and somebody returning. And uh, and you, as the school district, you had to provide for their education at home while they had to quarantine. Correct. Um, so all of a sudden, instead of a, a few people being at home, you had to deal with literally hundreds of kids at home at any one time. Many, and, many, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Does sound like it's uh, definitely not school as usual. No, it was not school as usual. It definitely got better after February, um, but it was a long haul in the beginning. Okay. So as you prepared for this year, what kinds of things did you have to keep in mind? Great question. Um, as always, I must keep the safety of our students, our staff, and our community Um, as a number one thought. Um, As you're aware, there's a huge concern for learning recovery um, and social-emotional support. Uh, This is also a top priority as we um, kind of navigate through our new normal. And our district and staff, um, I'm incredibly grateful because they're truly committed to keeping our students safe, um, not only physically, but also um, emotionally. What are some of the strategies schools are using these days to help with that, as you say, emotional sense of safety? Uh, So some of the strategies uh, we're using, uh, we've adopted a curriculum called Zones of Regulation that is used throughout the district, which provides a common language to help students kind of identify their feelings and give strategies on how to um, work through those, those feelings. And the great thing about this curriculum are there's so many great things, but one of the great things is that it's consistent, and the language is consistent TK through eighth grade. Okay. So, yeah, of course, it's, it's in its first year, mm-hmm. so um, it's not like uh, an eighth grader has been dealing with this since they were in kindergarten, but are you seeing that children are they're really integrating this vocabulary and it's becoming just part of their everyday language we are seeing that and and even to the point where some parents when we're meeting with them they're commenting that they are seeing this language and using the language that we're providing them mm-hmm. at home to help at home as well yeah sort of sort of a social philosophy question are you are you seeing that that Changing language changes behavior. Is that something you're actually seeing in the schools? I think by having a consistent language can help with deal with behavior um, mm-hmm. so that everybody, whether you're a teacher, a principal, 
or um, a paraprofessional or Mm -hmm. somebody working um, in the kitchen that um, having that same consistent language can help show and be um, consistent with the students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of the whole idea children thrive in a consistent environment and you're doing what you can to make a consistent environment. Well, you, you touched uh, really well on, on one aspect. What are, what are some of the other challenges or obstacles you have or you're facing relating to this pandemic and uh, particularly the, the transition from going from a, you know, a pandemic year the last two years to an endemic year this year where you know, COVID is just a part of life? You're right. Um, and I think you know, I've touched on some of the challenges that we face um, and continue to face um, but I think one of the things that we have to also focus on is the academic achievement as well. Um, and so while including important factors that we know our students need related to emotional support, our sites have done a tremendous job at incorporating social emotional curriculum, our weekly art lessons for kindergarten's grade, um, kindergarten through eight, uh, creating positive opportunities for students to share and interventions. Uh, we have enrichment classes. Our school counselors integrated uh, support with our teaching staff and our paraprofessionals. The electives that we offer at our Hilltop Academy at Ready Springs has expanded options including skateboarding, mountain biking, leadership, flag football, hip hop and tap dance, mm-hmm. um, and also gardening. So these additional opportunities are truly extremely helpful and are important to not only our students, but they're also important to our teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned earlier, there's a focus, you're trying to, you know, regain or uh, some of that academic achievement that was potentially lost over the the COVID years. Um, Did you did you see a decline uh, as a result of, you know, the unavoidable circumstances during the pandemic? We have seen a slight decline, honestly, not as significantly as I think I expected. So there has been a decline, but I can say based on some of the data that we're seeing is that it is, um, that decline is decreasing drastically as students are coming back to school. So it's almost like they're, they're getting their, their sea legs back and uh, recovering nicely. Great way to put it. Okay, good, good. That's good news yes. for, for families all around. Um, you know, dealing with these last few years and going into this year, what are some of the leadership lessons you know you've you've learned throughout all of these challenging days? Another great question, Brian. <laughs> uh, so I think one of the most important uh, lessons I have learned, and not just related to this time, but just in general, is that a leader needs to be available at all times uh, when sites are struggling because of short staff shortages or any type of problems that they might encounter, a leader shows up to assist the site. It doesn't matter if it's substitute teaching, if it's serving lunches, if it's working at the after-school care pro- program. We all are strugg- struggle together, and we all have to work together to mm-hmm. succeed. All right. So just uh, being part of a, a community approach. To absolutely. The, to the absolutely. Um, you know, talking about a community approach, uh, one element of, of the SAGES program is often how, if somebody's inspired by what you're doing or just, you know, has that passion of helping children, um, what are some ways they can go about involving themselves in helping kids, helping schools? 
I love this because in our community in Penn Valley, we have a very high volunteer rate and participation with our businesses, with our Rotary um, and Lions Club and um, other organizations. But I would really encourage people to volunteer, get involved, attend your principal chats that they're having on a monthly basis, attend your superintendent coffee talks that they're having um, and also go to board meetings um, and find out what's going on at your local districts. I think it's really important to be involved that way. And then come and offer to volunteer. There usually is a small process that you can go through to get qualified to volunteer at our schools. Okay. So it's not hard to it, get qualified to volunteer. It is not hard. And we welcome, we welcome our volunteers. I know we've had to put them aside for a while due to the pandemic, but mm. we are open arms now to bring our volunteers back. Okay. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. You know, you've been at all levels of, of education now. Um, and based on that experience, you know, has it given you an overview, a thought of, you know, what is the role of schools in America today? And do you think that's changed over time? The roles of schools may seem that they have changed over the years, but the bottom line is our priorities are still aligned. We want students to excel and achieve academic success. We want all students to feel welcomed and included. We want students to love their school, right, and mm -hmm. participate in their education. And we want families to be proud of where their children are going to school. And we want our students to feel safe and accepted. Schools are the hub of our community. Mm -hmm. Well, great, great. So. Uh so personally, not really. It hasn't changed much as far as you're concerned. Goals, our goals are still there. Right, yes. right. Some of the external factors may have changed, but the goals remain constant. Exactly. Okay. Um, you know, you've also spent, what is it now, 14 years uh, working for schools in the Penn Valley community. Um, you've also had experience elsewhere. What, what do you think is unique to to the schools or the community there in, in Penn Valley, at least unique from your experiences elsewhere? I really feel Penn Valley is a special place, and I know that may sound biased, but it truly is. We have, what, it's a wonderful place to work in, a wonderful community. We have so much support, like I said earlier, with our local businesses who are truly involved. A lot of our field trips are even to our local businesses. Our Rotary and our Lions and our Chamber are very involved in supporting our schools. Um, and we also have the Roots and Wings Foundation who is very supportive of our Penn Valley schools. We are small, but we definitely have a lot to offer. Okay. So uh, one other question I had, and I wanted to just move away from, from COVID since that's dominated the news and our discussion for a bit, but. You know, what in general are, are some other challenges or issues, if it's not even a challenge, that schools are facing these days that, you know, really aren't, don't have anything to do with COVID? Uh, well, I kind of talked about this a little bit, but a big challenge that schools are navigating through is trying to build confidence back with our students mm -hmm. and our families that we're back to normal, albeit we're going to consider it a new normal, mm -hmm. but just letting them know that... Um, we're here, we're doing the job, and they're safe and they're secure. And I think that takes time to um, heal from what we've experienced. Okay, okay. So um, on a, this could either be on a personal or a professional level, but uh, what are you dreaming about now, and what are you hoping to accomplish for 
students in Penn Valley or Melissa Conley in the coming year? I think this is a focus that I think all leaders would rather take time to focus on, on, you know, what do we really see for our future? Um, I consider this a rebuilding year, um, a year to build our community again, because it is such a strong community, and we were very well known for that. Um, it's a year to celebrate and work together. Uh, we as a team decided a theme this year. We are doing um, Together We Can, and our staff get to fill in the blanks after that. So this month, it was Together We Can Build a Strong Community. So that's been our theme all month during our district collaboration. Next month, it could be Together We Will Soar, and that will continue to be a monthly theme. So those are the types of things that I'm focusing on, is creating those themes, getting the staff and community buy-in, and just pushing it out and sharing it with everybody in our district. Sounds like you're trying to make sure everybody has a vision for the future. Yes, it does. Okay, great. Well, uh, one question that we frequently ask on, on the Sages show is, uh, is the magic wand question. If you had a magic wand that you could wave over the area and make any change you wanted, how would you make that magic wand work? You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I feel very fortunate to be in the district that I am in and the changes that we're making. And I feel that we are on to a great school year. And I can't see um, making a change at this time in our current district. I think we're really on to a road of success. Okay, great, great. Well, do you have any, uh, there's not much time left, but do you have any uh, final thoughts to uh, share with us before we sign off? I don't have any. I just want to thank you for this evening and just um, let you know just how proud I am of our Penn Valley Union Elementary School District. It is a very special place to be. Well, and I'm sure you uh, have every right to be proud. And thank you, Melissa, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be with us tonight. It's very much appreciated. Absolutely. Have a great evening. The purpose of this program is to inspire and invite people to participate in the betterment of their community. Discover how others are making a difference and how you too can be part of the positive in this region by tuning in to The Sages Among Us on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Next week's show will feature Nevada County's recently elected clerk recorder, Natalie Adona, interviewed by host Keith Porter. I've been, I'm Brian Buckley, and you've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I want to thank my guest, Melissa Conley, for sharing her story tonight. And also our engineer, Ralph Henson, for his skill and dedication, putting it all together as our engineer for the show. Finally, thank you for joining us this past half hour, and thank you for everything you do to make your part of the world a little bit better.